possible. We are here with Mr. Brigham Dickinson from Power Selling Pros. How are you today, Brigham? I'm awesome. Weldon, how are you? I'm doing great. You know, you and me, we're just like uh, just the Rockies is the only thing between us because you're over. That's right. I'm just south of Denver and uh, I can almost reach out and touch you if I could just reach across those uh, those Rockies and I could I could I could rub that perfectly. uh, (laughs) You got a good looking head there, my friend. Yeah, as do you. You'd have to reach to the you'd have to reach to the tunnel on I-70. <laughs> right. Well, listen. Such a beautiful uh, drive there. Yeah, absolutely. I-70 is pretty crazy sometimes. No, but, yes. uh, yeah, I want to talk to you about call center and customer service. That is an area where you have a great deal of expertise and experience. Uh, power selling pros. Uh, that's what you do for a living. And so, what I wanted to do is to, to ask you a few questions about, you know how important it is to have a good call center, follow up, uh, happy calls, maybe rehash, anything that you guys do or teach about in your call center. Uh, but I think first, maybe let's just get a little idea of your background so people understand why why they should pay attention to you on this topic. Yeah, so um, I was first taught by none other than Kevin Comerford on how to answer the phones. Mm. It was a very long time ago. Um, I was working at a company called Arctic Air in Chico, California. And Kevin was the the district manager at the time before he started his own business. And he called me up and he said, hey, Brigham, um, I want to talk to you. And I was like, wow, it's got to be about my marketing ideas. Because I also did marketing at Arctic Air. I just finished my marketing degree. And I thought for sure he's going to. He's going to promote me. Who knew? Who who knows? Right. And so he comes and he he sits down with me and uh, I had all these marketing ideas that I had on the table. And and he's like, this is great. In fact, he listened to me for about five minutes. (laughs) And then after that, he said, "Okay, this is fantastic. This is wonderful. And kind of moved the marketing stuff aside. Now, show me how you answer the phones. And it kind of caught me off guard. I was like, well, okay, um, this is bringing with art care. How can I help? And he's like, that's it. I said, well. (laughs) <laughs> what are you looking for, Kevin? Next thing you know, he drills me on how to answer the phones for two hours. Wow. It was amazing. So at the end of that conversation, he, in fact, he's walking out, out the door and he said, hey, I'm going to call you every two weeks. Even if you recognize my voice because he acted like a different type of customer every time we role played. He said, it doesn't matter if you recognize my voice or not. You've got to finish the role play, finish the call, and then we can talk afterwards. All right, sounds good. And sure enough, he called me every other week, and sometimes it was a cowboy voice, and other times it was an old lady voice. And I always acted surprised when he said at the end, it's me, Kevin, right? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. And, and uh, um, he'd give me some pointers, and I, 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 he probably did it for about six months. It was amazing. Wow. So I, I could I could just see Kevin with those piercing blue eyes looking across the conference table at you. He's a he, he's a small man in stature, but he could be a very intimidating man. I know. Yeah. Yeah. He's a wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. Incredible guy. Yeah. So in fact, I talked to one of his um, one of his managers just this morning, coincidentally, um, up there. But anyway, so, small world. so, so talk, talk to us then. So then you, you did that. And at some point you really got into the training side teaching other companies how to properly do this. Talk to us about some of the most important things that folks should keep in mind when they're answering the phone. You know, what, what, what should that process look and sound like? Yeah. So when a customer gets on the phone, they don't know what to ask. So they're going to say things like, Hey, uh, what do you charge to come out? I just want to talk to a technician. They're trying to speed up the process, right? They want to get their problems solved. And they think by asking those types of questions, 
then they can get it done more quickly. They can just kind of speed through the process, especially after they've called a, a company or two. Right. They're like, okay, what do you charge, right? They're trying to beat the system or what have you. Now, our goal isn't necessarily to um, outwit them per se. Our goal is to be very, very sincere and just say, hey, tell me more about your situation. What's going on? Well, I've got this air conditioner that's blowing hot air. My gosh, that's terrible. How long has he been doing that? Oh, last couple of days. Well, look, we can totally help you with that. Won't you like us to come out? So now it's very sincere, right? We're, we're on the same page. We, we have an understanding where I'm showing them, look, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I care about your situation. And, and guess what? I can help. Okay. And what we're doing there in the first 30 seconds of the phone call is we're, we're taking care of their emotional need. Customer has an emotional need on every phone call. They want to feel understood. They want to feel cared about and they want to feel reassured. If you follow that process in the phone call, you're going to book that call. You're going to wow that customer. And most importantly, you're going to be the only one that comes out. Now we've got a thousand contractors that we work with on a regular basis with their CSRs. And more times than not, a CSR just needs a little bit of attention. Okay. Technicians, boy, they get all the training, um, all the support. Um, uh, even the distributors, when they come around showing off new products, you know, they, they get first dibs on donuts and bagels. And then the CSRs come in afterwards with the sloppy seconds, right? right? If we just give them a little bit of attention, boy, those CSRs are going to be performing at an extremely high level for the contractor. Yeah. And it's worth it. I mean, gosh, when your calls, when your calls come in and, and uh, side note, uh, I found out from Service Titan the other day, according to according to Service Titan, Service Titan contractors on in general only book forty two percent of their phone calls. Wow, forty two percent. That's outrageous. That's insane. Now, yeah. Now let's assume for a moment that DJ contractors are a whole lot better than that. Let's say that they're booking sixty percent of their phone calls. Well, if that's true, then let's say that you get an average of thirty of uh, thirty calls a day. If you have a 60% closing ratio, that means you're booking 18 of those 30 calls day in and day out. So let's say that your average ticket's 500 bucks. I know that on a replacement call, it's going to be a whole lot more than 500 bucks, but on a service call, it could be less than that, right? So let's just say $500 for the sake of simple math. Well, that's $9,000 a day um, and about $2.2 million a year. Okay. Right. Now, if we can increase it to 85%, just a 15% increase in call conversion, now you're booking 25.5 calls out of 30. And, and you're making a whole lot more a day. It's like $12,000 a day. And guess what? 3.3 million a year. So an extra million dollars just by increasing your call conversion by 15%. That's huge. So it's massive. It's massive. So the goal is, is, is to give your CSRs just a little bit of attention. Yep. If we can arm them with uh, a way to connect with the customer, help them feel understood, cared about, reassured, they're going to book that call and wow that customer. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daryl Yashinsky. Hey, I'm Bob Larkin. Many of our contractors meet with us monthly, and you chances are have met with us monthly. We found that members have deeper and greater needs. So we came up with Next Level Coaching, which is we meet a lot more often and there is accountability to deal with some of the issues of money, growth, finding employees, having an exit strategy to get off this roller coaster. These are the issues that contractors want answers to, and we can provide those answers in Next Level Coaching. When you join Next Level Coaching, you're going to find solutions that are easy to implement and logical. Most importantly, we hold you accountable to specifics. We're gonna meet twice a month, 
and have specific to-dos. And with those specific to-dos, we're going to discuss and dive into your financials in a very granular way. You're going to have a clear budget. We'll be able to establish pricing. We're going to help you create leadership programs that build your people. We're going to help you find people. You may think of differing ways to engage employees that will keep them more involved by joining Next Level Coaching. So if you're interested in making more money, growing your company, finding good employees, and developing an exit strategy, give Dale and I a call. We'd be happy to talk to you about Next Level Coaching. And we're going to see you on the next level. No, that's awesome. You know, and, and uh, I started a company out here in Colorado four years ago. And when I started, we start, uh, we start with a replacement mindset. So we're doing tons of marketing and looking for replacement leads. But of course, the call center and the service department is really the foundation of any successful company. So our plan was to build that over time. Well, as it turned out, we were able to buy a small company that had a strong call center and a strong service department. We integrated that with our, our, our install and sales team. It's, it's been absolutely amazing. There was a, a month we had last year, last November, we did about a million dollars in install. And I went back and looked at the call center numbers. And on that same month, we had about 300 maintenance calls and we sold $300,000 in new systems on the leads that came from those maintenance calls, another 50 or 60,000 in, in you know, repair and service maintenance revenue. But $300,000, that worked out to a little bit over $1,000 per maintenance call on average. Wow. And so that that is so important what you're talking about to get those calls booked. And what a small difference, like you say, just a little bit of improvement from 18 calls to 25 calls can be literally millions of dollars over the course of the year. So let me ask him uh, specifics. I know people are wondering. So generally speaking, do you try to avoid giving the uh, any prices, especially maybe like diagnostic fees? Or, or if you do disclose that, how do you go about having that conversation with folks? Okay. So if a customer gets on the phone, they say, hey, what do you charge to come out? First thing I'm going to do is say, tell me more. What's going on with your situation? Well, I've got an air conditioner and it's blowing hot air. How long has it been doing that? Oh, last couple of days. Well, look, we can totally help you with that. When would you like us to come out? Now, more times than not, if the customer likes you, they're going to be less concerned about the price. Why? Because right. they like you. Funny thing about people who like you, they're more amiable, they're more flexible, they're easier to deal with. Yeah. Right? This is, this is I mean, not to go on, on a tangent, Will, but this is one of the concerns with, with uh, the, uh, the advent of AI coming out. Right. The thing about AI, especially when it's the master, whether it's over the phone, whether it's it's some sort of interaction that you're doing online. Once it's programmed to do what it does, you pretty much expect it to do that. OK, great. You have an expectation. It beats the expectation. You get what you want. Now, the problem with that is just that people get used to it. And when people get used to it, well, then they don't value it as much as they used to. And the price kind of kind of it kind of it kind of goes down. Right. So so my I, I guess. I guess uh, what I'm getting at is, is that we want to create a wow experience for the customer. How do you do that if they're expecting it? The way that you create a wow experience for the customer is to do the unexpected. Right. Okay, this is what's great about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A provides this amazing experience over and over and over again, and, and they justify the price they charge. Um, they make more money per unit than McDonald's. So because people like them, because they've built that buying environment, um, they can charge a higher price. Now, the same thing is true over the phone. If a customer gets on the phone and they say, hey, what do you charge to come out? What they're saying is, is I don't know the difference between you and the next guy aside from your price, aside from your dispatch fee. Right. 
Okay. What do we need to do? We need to show them that we're amazing, that our, our technicians are well-trained and that we've been around for a very long time and that we guarantee everything that we do. Uh, and once they realize that it's not about price at all, it's about the value that we bring to the table. Yeah. So l- long answer to your short course question. Well, then no, it's, it's, is that we don't, we don't avoid it. We right. don't avoid it. We help, we help them see that we're the right company to work with. Yeah. Independent really of price. I feel like you're just deprioritizing the price by almost kind of redirecting the conversation. Uh, you know, much like we would in a sales call, right? If we walked in the door and somebody said, how much is a new system? We'd say, well, I've got a lot to figure out first. And that's, that's kind of what you're doing. And, you know, it's funny. I was just uh, reading an article about the impact of making people laugh or smile. When we laugh or when we smile, it releases endorphins. And we attribute the good feelings of that towards the person that made us laugh or smile. And so I always uh, tell folks, whether they're on a sales call, service call, or answering the telephone, try to make them smile, right? Try to make them laugh if you can. You know, I mean, it's, it, humor's got to be pretty, you got to be careful with that because it can backfire on you. But just having a creative way to answer the phone, that type of thing, and really try to turn it more about the service and the relationship than about the price. Now, if somebody comes back and keeps asking about the diagnostic fee, obviously you're going to have to disclose it at some point. But it's a great point that you make. At least give it an effort to just kind of sidestep it for a minute and say, well, what's going on? Oh, we can help with that. That's awful. Show some empathy, offer a solution. And if they come back to it, you got to deal with it. But you're right. If they if they feel the sincerity, if they feel like you're helping them, then they may not want to ask a second time. Right? It's almost like now they're embarrassed to ask a second time. So I think that's really, really great, great, great advice. What are some other things you can think of if, if you are hiring a new CR, uh, a, a CSR? And they were working in one of your companies or one of your clients' companies. Like, what would be the first one or two uh, important things, pieces of advice that you might give to them? Like, okay, what that's, be, yeah, that's a great question. So, the first would be to practice early and often with them. Okay. Most of the time, when a company hires us, they hire us. They hire us after something goes wrong inside their call center. And so, when a call center. So, uh, when they find out that we're coming, right, that we're, we're providing training, they feel like they did a bad job. So what are we? We're a punishment. Oh, we must have done a bad job. And the only, the only way that we can stop this, this punishment is if we begin to do a good job. And so they try to get out of the training as quickly as possible. Did I do a good job? Great. They're in for like two months. And they're saying, hey, we're good now, right? We're good. We're fixed. Right. Well, no, that's not, that's not right. how it works. So it, you want to create a culture of practice. In fact, when you're in the interviewing process, say, hey, um, Let's just practice a call right now and get them used to the fact that this is what we're doing even before you hire them. Yeah. Now, the reason why this is important is, is let's see, let's see what they say. First of all, I mean, it's probably going to not be the greatest. So you, you might have, you might have a, a customer, you might do a, a practice session with that CSR and they get comfortable with it, right? They go, okay, cool. This is what we do. This is part of our culture. Um, and you can provide feedback even before you hire them. Let's see how they, they receive feedback. And then now you're building into your culture practice, right? right? So if we come on or not, you're constantly practicing. Okay, even after they're hired, I would sit down with them on a regular basis and just practice. Have them listen to their own phone calls and practice better customer service skills. If you do that, whether whether power selling process is involved or not, boy, you're, you're going to have a team that's used to practicing, used to yeah. role playing on a regular basis. That'd be number one. Number two, we want to incentivize them to book calls, even calls. Let's say, for example, 
say a customer gets on, gets on the phone and they're talking about plumbing. Let's say you also provide heating and cooling. If you also book a replacement call or, or a heating and cooling call, you should be paid for that. Sure. Right. Chances are comfort advisors aren't calling out um, after a replacement opportunity. You should definitely be working with with these customers, calling them back and saying, hey, um, you were with our comfort advisor last week. Um, how did he do? How could he do better? Right. Make it a happy call. Yeah. Um, and see if we can't set it up again. Most of the time, in fact, we've got recordings of this where we have CSRs that call out and they go, oh, I've been meaning to call you. Funny thing, how customers have been meaning to call us. And she right. sold $20,000 on that job. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because the customer had been meaning to call them. Yeah. So if, if it's me, um, after they've learned all these amazing customer service skills, give them a way to make their own money. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. There's two really important things. Two of my favorite things in business that you just talked about culture and compensation, right? The culture of training, you know, Zig Ziglar used to say training and coaching is like uh, bathing and eating. You got to do it every day. And yeah. I get a kick too. Uh, you know, I do a lot of training in the industry, not on the call center side, but on the sales and service tech side. And it's amazed me how people get it. And they don't need to, you know, but it's an ongoing process, right? I, I, I joke with people. Uh, I've got sales guys that, that have worked for me for years, top performers. That's what we're having the same conversations every week we're having three or four years ago. Because it just, it needs that constant repetition. And I think it's such a great point that you're making there about the compensation. All too often, you know, people are motivated by self-interest. It's just human nature. And the reality is that someone can have the expectation. We want you to book those HVAC calls, those electrical calls or whatever, you know, whatever other trades you offer or the services you offer, but like, people are just going to do it. And even if they're well-intentioned, they'll forget if there's no compensation attached to it. Right. But if they get an 100%. extra 10 bucks for booking a plumbing call, an extra 10 bucks, they're probably going to remember. They'll put a note, a sticky pad on their computer to make sure they don't forget, you know? So absolutely. So, so tell us real quick a little bit about Power Selling Pros, uh, the services that you guys offer, how you go about delivering these services and that type of thing. So we train CSRs one-on-one -on -one, twice a month using their own phone calls. Um, so we hold them accountable to perform at extremely high level. We have four levels of certification. Uh, it takes about a year and a half to complete. It's kind of like a university. But by the time we're done, they're booking the call, they're wowing the customer. Most importantly, you're the only one that's going out to the customer's home. Booking the call should be a given. In fact, uh, even better than booking the call, closing the call. Okay, so if they're if they're treating their job not as a job, but as a career, right, where they have control of their own income, where they're taking a plumbing call and turning into a heating cooling call, where they're taking a service call and turning into a replacement call, we're incentivizing technicians to do it. Why don't we Why don't we have the CSRs do it? Yeah. If we're if we're if we're putting that program in place, oh my gosh. Uh, You've essentially taken your CSR center and you've turned it into a profit center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it could be the most profit center, the most lucrative department Absolutely. in your, in your company. So bottom line, we train one-on-one -on -one, twice a month, use your own phone calls. We take them through that process. And, and by the time they're done, you're the only one going out, which is the most important yeah. thing. You know, I, I think, I think you're so on point there. Uh, having, you know, 20 years and working with contracting companies and doing training and speaking and that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like the call center is the most undervalued part of their business. I'll ask, you know, cause whenever we're teaching sales, for example, uh, we don't just do sales training. We're like, well, you know, what's the lead coordination conversation sound like? What's the tech turn conversation sound like? Then we get to the sales conversation and I'm amazed by how many people I'll say, so who books the calls? Oh, it's my, my aunt Susie over here. Well, what, what kind of training <laughs> she been through? 
Well, no, she's just really nice. And it's just so important that culture of training and ongoing training. And as you said, even if they use power selling pros for a bit and they start doing it internally, at least they're, they're, they're executing on the culture of making sure that people, uh, you know, understand what to do. And, and, and like you say, the practice is so important and it makes me think I need to get off this call and call my call center and say, how much role playing are we doing? Are we practicing? I mean, it's, it's a great <laughs> job, but, but, uh, you know, we can all, we always get better. Uh, Brigham, tell the folks out there how they can get in touch with you. If they'd like to have more information from you about the work that you guys do. Go to powersellingpros.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-S-E-L-L-I-N-G-P-R-O-S.com. Yeah. Um, the, there's a button right at the top there. Click on a demo and have a demo with us. Love to go through and show you how we do it. That's awesome, Brigham. Well, listen, we appreciate you joining us here on Cracking the Code. Uh, it's always uh, good to see you. Uh, Brigham and I go back uh, many, many years in this industry, crossing paths at 100 different events and, and different things. So it's always great to see you. And uh, I hope we'll get to see you again soon. I'm sure we'll cross paths uh, at an event before, before too long. 